Welcome back to Anyone Can Play Guitar, where Nick and I learn every Radiohead song on the guitar in order. My name is Austin Diaz. And I'm Nick Kendelsberger. So, Nick, let's dive into the last section of Pablo Honey. And then we That's are right. done. Maybe we do some B signs at the end of this episode. Maybe we should have a speed round. Yeah, a lightning round. Last week we talked about the the first half where most of the most popular songs on Pablo Honey are. And we were a little mixed, I'd say. I mean we we both came down on the side of creep, which we did. might lose us fans. We were not fans of how do you? We were Mm-mm. split on anyone who can play the guitar in that I sort of like it. And I really, I sort of don't. Yeah, and for you, ripcord is the bottom of the barrel. Correct. And I don't mind it. Okay. Mainly because of the second half of the verse. But yeah, it's not nothing stellar, nothing outstanding, really. Except for Creep. Except for Creep. And you, which we discussed in the first episode. So That's right. So Start it starts off strong and then starts getting kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I guess we also talked about Stop Whispering. Um, I See, I already forgot about it. <laughs> I like Stop Whispering a little bit. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. Anyway, I, just don't think, I just don't think about it. It is, yeah. So, But let's, let's get down to the next batch here. So it starts with Vegetable. Never wanted anything but I think I really like Vegetable. I think there's a lot here that I love to play. I love that you tune the guitar differently. So it's a very interesting tuning. The A string is tuned to G. Right. So the A string is a whole step down. Yeah. What I like about Vegetables, this sounds the most like the bends to me. And I'll try to explain it the best I can. It sort of starts off in a Pablo Honeyish kind of way, but by the chorus, we're sort of into a strutting, sort of rocking song that wouldn't be out of place. Maybe not on the bends, but a Ben's B side, maybe. And hmm. we're we're talking about a song that has a, a nice bridge or middle eight section. So I think they're starting to get more complex here. I don't huh. I can't really say much about the lyrics. They're not bad. I don't know what the vegetable means beyond sort of the basic understanding, but I kind of dig this song. Interesting. And you don't look like you do. Yeah. I mean, this is an audio medium, so nobody knows what we look like. Uh, but but I, but I can st- I can see in your eyes, Austin, that you have things to say. Yeah, this is, for me, this is one of those songs where the adage, familiarity breeds contempt. <laughs> like, I never really paid that much attention to the song. Uh-huh. And then, you know, first of all, I tried to get this tuning to work, and I think I'm just dumb musically or something. I couldn't, it didn't work if I had the A string tuned down to a G. It just sounded really bad. Hmm. 
So, okay, um, I will say that I've had some issues with this song in the official chord book, especially with this one, I used the ultimate guitar, but I got the, the intro to sound pretty good, I think. It's, I mean, it's a guitar part that you can sort of sink your teeth into. It's just not the kind I'd like to work with that much. And I just, I don't like this sound that much. And it's interesting that you say it sounds like the bins, maybe a little bit. You know, there's def- there's definitely like that that riff, um, the lead guitar riff going into the the chorus, like that's almost the every out- time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting to see. Like, I didn't I didn't go look at it because I don't want to sneak. But it's all I feel like it's almost the exact same intro to the chorus of uh, my Iron Lung. Mm. You know, it's um, my- yeah, and I just don't. Whenever we get to that part. Nope. No? I just See, don't I like, like the, I like the little pre-chorus. And then I love the, the middle where it goes the... the water it takes yeah. it down a little bit. So I did read some things where at the MTV Beach House, the infamous MTV Beach House... Uh, Kennedy asked, I think Ed or Colin, what the, their favorite song to play Colin. live with. Colin, okay, asked them, and they said "Vegetable" was their favorite song to play. Which I is, thought it was. I thought the question was, "What is your favorite song on the album?" Mm. And okay. Right now, and right now he said "Vegetable," and so it, I feel like I should like this song, and I feel like maybe you're correct in liking the song and seeing that it's prescient of what's coming, and I I can see that. Okay. I just, once they get to the course, that this whole I'm not a vegetable. I will not control myself. Nope, I just not, <laughs> it's just not for me. Do you think now, a vegetable is that is him sort of saying I'm not just planted in the ground and I'm growing sort of on schedule and this is my life until you, I get plucked out and killed? <laughs> Basically. I'm not quite sure. I do not think that this was the right word for them i think it doesn't work and i think that's why i don't i don't think this is like a lost gem i don't think i don't want to hear this song at their next concert or whatever right i just see so much here that makes me excited i guess is what you're picking up from me i see things in here that are going to reap rewards in the next album Sure, and maybe and, that's what Colin is talking about when he says that either he says that they like to play it live or it's his favorite song on the album. And it is more complex. Like it's you know, it's not like with "Prove Yourself" where you've learned if you learn the first thirty-two seconds of the song, you've learned the song. It does change. I like it. No, I don't. No, you I don't. Can't. I you don't, don't have like, to I don't, like it. I don't like it. Preparing for this episode and playing through it and trying the different tunings and then not tuning it at all and then nope. Nope. Just not. This really is surprising to me because I knew for a while now that you loved the back half of Pablo Honey. So yeah, I'm like, I did. Oh. I thought I did. You know, I thought I did. Well, okay. We're, we're not through the back half. No, we're not. But this like begins it. No, but this and... is right. But actually, I think I said that I liked everything from Prove Yourself onward. Oh, and okay. this is right before Prove Yourself. So I had That's not, I, I didn't actually lie yet. And so maybe this is the transition between 
sort of some of the more fully realized songs on the bends, but I re- we're really going to have to sink our teeth into the to the bends before I'm able to make that 100% right. certain. I'm I'm just hoping that we're going to lose our minds because this has been a little bit like even though I like this back half of the album and as we will talk about I like some of these B-sides, it's it's a bit of a slog. So we talked about Prove Yourself in the first episode because it was actually the first single. We came down and that we it, like it okay. Yeah. I guess, I don't, I don't know if it's technically a single if it's on an EP, because it's not called the Prove Yourself EP. I was thinking about this the other night. Uh-huh. Um, but it was the first one. Oh, it's the first radio song okay. that they had. It was the first one on radio. Like they, Greg Davies played it on BBC4. Okay. For national radio, and that was the first song that anyone could have heard outside of one of their live performances, or if they bought one of the 1,000 people that bought the Drill EP. So, after Prove Yourself, we move on to I Can't. This, I think, is the real find on Pablo Honey for me. I cannot stop playing this song. I play it all the time. Anytime I pick up the guitar, I just cannot wait to play this song. Yeah, I uh, I played it all week. But it was not, for me, a hidden gem. Because oh. junior year of high school, trying out for the year-end talent show, I formed a band just to play this song. Whoa. And we did not get into the talent show because um, we weren't seniors, is my explanation. Okay. I, I feel like we really rocked this song out. We did a good job. <laughs> I mean, Shout out to Austin's band. In, yeah, uh, Alan, Scott, if you guys are listening, we did a good job. Probably it was me singing, because it, it's a hard song to sing. It is a hard um, song to sing. But we have landed on my second favorite song of the album. And we haven't gotten to the your favorite yet. No. Okay. Well, I mean, but we don't have that many. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> you all have a 50, 50 chance to guess my favorite song. Okay. Um, but this song is amazing. And I've loved it like the from the very first time I heard it uh-huh. um, as a teenager. And, and again, it's one of those things where I didn't realize that I just liked the Smiths until later. And I was like, oh, this is basically a whole catalog of I Can't. Oh, okay. I didn't hear the Smiths. I hear like 60s psychedelic sunshine pop Hmm. um, with a little bit of shoegaze mixed in. That's funny. Um, Okay. Just with the droning electric guitars. But these chords are wonderful. What I love is the G add nine and to the G. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've I've probably played that fifty times over the past week. 
Yeah, just that transition, like... Yeah. It's not a drop D. Instead, you tune the top E down to a D. And so it it just gives it this really beautiful ringing quality. Mm-hmm. I don't know why more more songs aren't like this. <laughs> yeah, I'd really I didn't prefer. E- I didn't never knew this tuning existed. Right, I'd never ever tuned the top E down to the D. It's right. only just been drop D bar and, chord powers. You know, and a, a drop D really adds heft to a song, mm-hmm. but this doesn't. It sounds really beautiful. I mean, I didn't have the official chord book when we played for the talent show, so I just played the version I found online okay. at the time, and it didn't have this tuning. And it sounds okay if you just have sort of the voicings, but I mean, if right? You really if you just play, play a G and then a C instead of the G add nine and G, yeah. I mean, because you can still play the E minor seven, but with the open string, the E minor seven just you know it sounds so much better. This, yep. I don't I don't know why. Um, I'm sure somebody could I could have done a deep dive on that and figured out why that sounds so much cooler than just when you put your pinky down for the E minor 7. Oh, I think all these words are great too. Mm-hmm. I really think that this is a fully realized song. He doesn't really stand out here. He kind of flows in the background and he'll not do this anymore on the bends and OK Computer. But here he writes really beautiful lyrics, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're quite on the nose, but in a subtle way. Okay, that's, that's a good way to put it. They're they're very, they don't, everything matches. Nothing's out of, nothing's like I'm a vegetable or whatever. <laughs> I'm not a vegetable. Right, there's no poetics. He's just saying, you know, like, don't pay attention to what I just said. Like, it wasn't me. It was, you know, strange and creeping doubt. I mean, it's maybe a bit poetic, but it's still, it was me, but it wasn't me. Please forgive me about it. And I feel yeah. everyone can relate, or not everyone maybe, but I can definitely relate to such a sentiment. I, I don't have any complaints except <laughs> for the end. We're going to bring into the last three songs of Pablo Honey are all very interesting songs, but they all do the same thing where they just get, they kind of try to build up and get loud at the end. Mm-hmm. And I wish this song didn't do that. Ooh. I think it's unnecessary. And it it's a really nice pop song. And I think that they just didn't know how to end it. Or they were just playing it live. And they're like, well, it's a pretty, you know, cheery song. We better do something to screw it up at the end or people are going to get upset. I don't know. I I mean, again, I my first experience was playing this with a band, and the end was actually the reason I thought we would have a shot getting into the talent show with it. The only problem is they only let you play the first minute of the song before they cut you off. And I mean, like it's it's still good. I mean, like I love that. That's oh yeah, we didn't talk about the intro. That's really nice. You know, um. But as a for a band, you know, you have the last chorus and then you everything drops out except for the bass and then it just comes back in and then the lead guitar goes crazy and it's really fun. But I don't feel like it's changing enough. I don't I, I don't feel like we reached a point it's not a climax so much as uh we're just returning to the same part of the song 
just louder. Right. There's not a journey. You're just sort of like, they're more playing with dynamics. And mm-hmm. at least this one, I still really like it on this song. Okay. But and overall, I'm just really impressed. What I find really interesting during the middle eight, during the solo, is that you have one, there's one sneaky appearance of that B minor chord. There right? is, yeah. So you have like that. That open bottom string. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting that it just this one spot, you have this one B minor chord, and it doesn't appear in the rest of the song. But it really, it like really makes the end of that solo part. Yeah. That they that they had the restraint because it sounds so cool that they had the restraint not to bring that back even in the outro. Um, but good. I'm glad that we both like this song. I was worried yeah. that you were gonna come and ruin my childhood. <laughs> my teenage dumb. <laughs> no, I, I, I swear, like, this is the song that I've, that I've played the most. Yeah, so let's get to the next song. The next song yep. is Lurgy. I I like this song. I liked this song much more uh, beforehand. Mm. Um, it's not the most interesting song to learn on the guitar. And, I mean, it's... Look, it's a nice song. You know, and... and I've, but I just feel like that F suspended 2 is basically where late 90s pop rock lived. You know, and if if I hadn't, you know, I'm going to have to confess myself to have been a really big fan of Third Eye Blind. Mm. And Third Eye Blind, like, leans on this chord. Okay. For a lot of their songs. This suspended, F suspended 2, and this, specifically this transition from C to F, it's just, it's such a pop rock, like, adult contemporary late 90s radio that... If I hadn't been a fan of such things and if I hadn't had to listen to it a lot because that was the one radio station we could listen to in the car with my parents, I would like the song more. That's so interesting that that's what you hear. Because to me, this sounds just 100% like an R.E.M. rip to me. And I love R.E.M. So I can totally get into an R.E.M. uh, cover. (laughs) Not cover, but sort of an inspiration. This sounds like... Uh, green grow the rushes uh, green grow the rushes grow but i am i agree with you that i like the song less now i thought i would really love to learn to play this one because of the way that they have multiple guitars it doesn't sound right when you just play the by yourself right and uh REM, what made them, they only had one guitar, usually. I mean, sometimes they would double them up on their albums. But so if you would play the Green Grow, the Rushes Grow, it sounds like it. 
And, um, and it, but it, that's a better song. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a fair point. I mean, I, I remember really liking this song. Like I said, everything from prove yourself onward thought was, this was a fantastic album. I have to confess that I don't know that much. Um, Ari, um, I know shiny, happy people. So this sounds like very early REM to me. Yeah, I've like, heard that I have to listen to them. I love but. their. I love a lot of REM. I love Shiny Happy People actually too. But uh, my favorite REM album is Reckoning, which is their second one. Their third album is Fables of the Reconstruction. This sounds just totally like that sort of mood, where it moves kind of slowly, but Radiohead once again felt the need to make this really loud at the end. Yeah. And it, once again, I wish they wouldn't have. Yeah. that I mean, that, for me, that's when it kind of gives me a little bit of relief again. I think we just have different... <laughs> I like when it gets loud. I like... Um, I love distortion too, but I feel like if you have a good song, you don't need to... You can just let that song shine and not everything every song. Is, everything is better with distortion, Nick. No, no. <laughs> everything is better with distortion. You don't need a solo. You don't need a freak out on every single song. You can just let it be. You can give it like a nice little pop song and then yeah. save it. And then when you do let go, it really counts. Yeah. I mean, your your assessment of the song is probably much better than mine. I do remember reading somewhere that Tom York said... Um, that they were basically ripping off R.E.M. for years and nobody said anything. See, they yeah, they claimed a lot of inspiration from the Pixies too, which we've talked about. And I'm, I find that harder to hear. But this one, nope. <laughs> R.E.M. all the way. But let, yeah, let's move on. I think that we don't, there aren't many lyrics to this song either. So I don't think it's worth spending too much time here. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, okay. No, it's, I mean, like, we like it. We don't like it as much as we thought we would or did. But I still do like it more than most of the first half. Which brings us to the last song, Blowout. Is this your favorite song? This is my favorite song on Pablo Honey. From the very beginning. You know, I don't I don't understand if I don't know if people remember anymore or what it was like to, you know, have your disc man. Yeah. Like in bed and listening to it like instead of falling asleep, or just like having the CD going and you listen to a whole album and you know, this not this is not an album of journey songs and this not an album that is a journey in and of itself until you get to this song and this song starts and you're just like, man, that first uh, E minor add nine, whatever it is, that just, I was like, this is it. Whatever, whatever they are doing. That is a really awesome chord sequence right there. 
I pretty much agree with you. I this is a really outstanding song. To me, this sounds like the most Radiohead song of any song on Pablo Honey. I know that's a mm-hmm. crazy thing to say, but just listen to everything that's here. You have the first of all, Phil Selway's drumming is incredible in this song, especially at the beginning. This sounds like something that he pulls out for other albums later in their career when he's just sort of writing the symbol, but keeping it all together the whole time. And it's not a super flashy part, but it's so crucial to how the song just flows. Just the whole they, feel of the song. Yeah. It, it has this sort of constant churning to just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. And you're right. This song does actually start to like change as the song goes on. I feel like it starts getting in more drama as it comes in. And right. so then by the time it reaches the sort of freak out at the end, this one works. Yeah, it earns the freak out. Right? It like earns the freak out. In that it mirrors the lyrics, right? Like mm-hmm. it's all about lighting the fuse just in case I blow out. And then they do. Yes. Again, and also the lyrics of this song are like where I think Tom York goes. Yes. It's this perfect threading between like you sort of understand it and you don't. I love the line, the in my mind and nailed into my heels mm-hmm. all the time, killing what I feel. You feel connected to it immediately and it sounds disturbing, but you're not quite sure why. Or the part that actually O'Brien sings when they do it live, that all wrapped up in cotton wool, yes, all wrapped up in sugar, sugar-coated. It's so good. See, it was, that sounds a little bit like the Benz to me, too. And, um, and later, even especially on OK Computer, this is the only song that they could, that could have been on another album, I feel like. Yeah, and it's the only one that I feel like they bring back more often. They brought it back in a concert a few years ago. And it was yeah. totally unexpected, and, but it fit right in because that sort of jazzy chord mm-hmm. beginning. At, do you, I mean, what do you think? I think that we were just talking about with Lurgy, or you were talking about with Lurgy that like there's definite REM influence and I hear like an I Can't, the Smith influence. And I hear in this song, I don't know what the influence is other than their interests outside of other bands. O'Brien, ha- O'Brien is really into Brazilian music and um, Sailway is also into that sort of type of drumming. You can hear that they like, this is where they have other interests besides other rock bands that they've listened to. I mean, gu- guitar-wise, there's, it's, it's funny because guitar-wise, there's maybe even less here than Lurgy. That's true. But it's just so much fun to play, I don't care at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is so much fun to just go through and uh, you can play it by yourself, and it sounds beautiful. You know, I have played with that uh, teacher band. We don't Correct. play anything like Radiohead, but, you know, people were getting warmed up and tuning and stuff, and I just started playing this because I just learned it. Mm-hmm. And the drummer, like, immediately jumped on it, and then he and I just played, like, this back and forth for five minutes. He he trying out different things. I mean, like, it's just a... F- immediately you start playing these chords, and it's just... It picks up to a song... Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Because it's um, It's not a super complex song. I mean, these are weird chords. This isn't... These which, they, which they drop, I mean, once, like, when, once you get to the second verse, then it's just That's back true. to E minor, G. And in live, I mean, like, the chord book says that, like... But if you watch, like, uh, I watched today Tom York playing it live, and he actually goes up for the A5... 
Okay. Which sounds a bit better. That does yeah. sound better. But, okay, we both love this song. And I think we're not alone with that. I think no, it's I, I think probably this one is... of the more beloved songs from this album, if not exactly. The... I can't is still sort of a buried treasure. Yeah, but any this is the this is one of the only songs that even haters of Pablo Honey are like, oh yeah, that song is about as good as it gets. So, which brings me to my question for you, Ooh, which we sort okay. of talked about this Let's last time: Is this a better song than Creep? Hmm. Creep is a better song. And I'll okay. say that because of the vocal melody, most of the foundation of it is pretty simple and basic, except for the the chord sequence is phenomenal. The vocal line is great. But I mean, the drummer is just going boom, the whole song. And right. Johnny's part is so distinctive that it's, stood out on radio. This had no chance of being played on the radio. I mean, it wasn't ever a single. Right, it wasn't ever a single, but that's okay. It's not like it has to be a single for it to be good. You know, Creep is a bit played out for me. I'm I'm a bit tired of it right now. Mm-hmm. I need to take a long break. But Blowout, I probably could, I could keep playing this again. Yeah, I think I'll, I will play it every once in a while, even when we move on to the other albums. Yeah. Also, just to see how it fits in. Right. If it fits in at all. I know Creep won't. Like I was saying earlier, this sounds like a song that may, or maybe it could have been a B-side on the Benz or a B-side mm-hmm. on another album. And so it feels like Radiohead, and that feels so good right now because we've just been going through Pablo Honey, and sometimes it's really hard to see where the thing I love about Radiohead is. This feels right. like a really competent band that, are extremely talented at the very beginning, but that thing, that essence of Radiohead that we love is not there sometimes, and that's really weird. Mm-hmm. And so then when you get to blow out, you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. It's there. This just feels like the infancy of the Radiohead aesthetic or sound. I don't even know how to describe that, but this is gives me so much hope for the future. Well, it, I, think, I think you said it earlier. I mean, it, this song has such good texture. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's the Radiohead texture, like it's the Radiohead, like the almost the almost kinetic sound that they have. Like you, mm-hmm. the tangible sound, like you can touch it. And this is like the only song I feel on the album. I can't as close, but it's not quite there. But this one is really well. It, it's it seems that like yeah, that everyone sort of brought their own interest to it. Yeah, you know, like See, I just maybe, gotta keep playing it like all the time. Right? Yeah, I mean, like I feel like York maybe came in and he was like, and and Selway said, "I got it. I got, I got the thing. I got the thing for this." And 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 O'Brien was like, "We need like the, you know." Like. <laughs> it does sound so good when they do that. It sounds yeah. yeah, it's like a harp sound almost. Right. So that's a it's a great end to the album, and then. Let's just, let's get, there's some B-sides we need to cover. So instead of doing a, a very unessential B-side episode, let's just try to knock these out real fast. Easy living, easy hold, easy to 
So, uh, Coke Babies. This is probably the best one, right? Of uh, the B-sides? Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll make a stand for Coke Babies yeah. being the best B-side. Why is it the best one? I know, why, I know why you think it's the best one. This is what I expected. Okay. <laughs> but it's um, the most... Yeah, tell me why it's the best one. And I'll tell you why you're wrong. But, I mean, no. <laughs> I like the I like the intro guitar a bit. It's a very beautiful intro to it, but I don't really have a definite opinion about it. So tell me why you hate it. It's well, the thing is, I just I don't like shoegaze that much. What? And this is this song is so shoegazy. Oh, see, that's why I like it. I love shoegaze. Yeah, I knew I knew that's why you liked it. <laughs> I knew that's why you like it. I'm just like shoegaze is not for me. Like, if I'm gonna listen to something that kind of drones on, just like give me Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Okay, and so you're not into My Bloody Valentine. No, and... I really tried. I think especially because freshman year, you were so into it, and then like later Kyle mm-hmm. Sturgeon was so into it, and I was like, okay, I mean, I guess like if I'm a serious music person, I have to like shoegaze and My Bloody Valentine. And I'm like, nope, I just it's not. Okay, me. and this well, song... this is going to be a problem. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Austin, no. Okay. No, it's good that we have different opinions. Okay, so you don't like but it. But I just I do want to point out with Coke Babies that in the link you have this sequence. This is a lightning round, so hopefully this will pay off. Okay? Okay. So yeah. now we're moving on to um Inside My Head. So Inside My Head was actually one of the first things they tried recording. And right. um and then the the producer got so bored that he was like, play that Scott Walker song. And then that's what they did. And I have to agree. I, I find this song impossible to get through. <laughs> right. This sounds like a cover of a song that I can't find. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like I, I've heard this like... It's really it's loud and I'm sure that it got the the crowd going when they were going, but I, I right. don't need this song. It's not the bottom. I still find Ripcord my least favorite so far. Mm-hmm. Maybe or the thinking about you drill EP version, I guess, is the bottom. But I don't like the lyrics. I don't like Tom singing. I don't like much here. Yeah. No. Uh so okay. we agree on we agree on that. Million dollar yes. question. A million dollar question. This doesn't sound like Radiohead at all to me. Not even a little bit. No, it doesn't sound like Radiohead at all. Like Again, it sounds like Radiohead doing a cover of another band. Like, maybe not their song, but a band. But I love this song. You love this song? I love this song. I mean, like, it's pop punk. I guess it is. Or, like, it's proto-pop punk, and I'm just a sucker. I just find it... I find it really fun, and... Okay. I mean, you know, like, it's not a Radiohead song for me. It's just, like, it's Radiohead doing a type of music that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, yeah. I'm I just find it, it so weird to get to these B-sides, and I, I don't know them. And I feel so weird about that, because when you get to the bends, some of those B-sides mean so much to me. Yeah. And these don't at all. This is the only one I remembered from earlier. Okay. Like, I had to go back and listen to all of them, and this was the one, it came on, and I was like, oh, exactly, yes. Okay. This one. So you like it, but it's just kind of that style and whatever. Right, I don't like it as a radio song, I just like it as, you know, I could put this on the pop punk playlist for running, (laughs) and it'd be great. 
Yeah, and the, it the gets lyrics, into the thing. They're just a they're a very talented band. They can do all of these things. That's so right. interesting. Um, but just to hear, just to show you the breakdown of this song, kind of is. The exact same breakdown for Coke Babies. Oh, the G, okay. D with F sharp and A, um, yeah. which is I just it's audacious to me that they could just that exact sequence of chords come up in two completely different songs. That's true. Very different. Um, but and I have to say the first verse of this song I really like. Where it's like, was always waiting for the crush, the car to drive through the shops, to call in sick and late to work and take a holiday. I mean, like, it just, like, it goes down in terms of seriousness. Yeah. Like, crushing and then a car driving through shops. And then maybe I just call in sick. Okay, I'll just call in late. And then when the holidays come around, I'll take one. (laughs) Like, um, lyrically, I find it just funny. Okay. Um, but yeah, we don't, you know, like we're lightning rounding, round lightning this. round. Okay. So the um, next one is yes, I am. I like its style. I think. I mean, it but has again, a little danger to it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it does. And it like, but I just feel like once I get to that, um, the chorus, like, You know, this like, I don't know how much yeah. time you spend playing like Metallica and Meg- Megadeth and um, stuff like me, but that's, I mean, I don't know how many times I've played F sharp five to E. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it, it, something like that makes it so clear why it's a B side. They said, okay, yeah. we have this song, but there's, it's not really original. Yeah. Okay. Next one. But you have Faithless, The Wonder Boy. I like this song. Okay. I like it. I, I mean, it's I, just it's just fun, I find. And, you know, then you have like, and I can't put the needle in, I can't put the needle in. I am going to say that I agree with you. I like yeah. it. This is what I want from a B-side. Yeah. I want a different side of the band, but I don't want it to be a, like a cover song. Right, this is the only one where it sounds like a Radiohead B-side. I Correct. The other ones, they were like, okay, this is our... If we were a shoegaze band, this is Coke Babies. If we were a pop-punk band, this is Million Dollar Question. If we were like a darker edge band, it's either Inside My Head or um, uh, the other one that we were just talking about. Yes, I am. Um, yes, I am. <laughs> See, don't you always forget that song exists? When I Every time I yeah. play it, I'm like, oh. It's hey. out of my like. It's out of my head. And the other yeah. one refuses to stay inside my head. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Come let's here for the jokes. And we're yeah, down, yeah, we're back faithless. to Pop is Dead, which like, really, do we have to talk about this song? Because I hate it so much. You hate it so much? I, I have really, so much to say about Pop is Dead. So we're Really? I'm, yes. Okay. So I have a grand theory about all this. Okay. So Pop is Dead was released as a single because mm-hmm. they wanted another single to like keep moving. And so they thought that this was what they needed to do was this song. And it is very poppy and energetic and I really don't like it at all. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was worried that you're going to be like, this is fantastic. This <laughs> song is bad. I do not like this song. This is probably the bottom for me now, I guess. Pop is dead is my least favorite Radiohead song of the pile. I think this would be low, but 
I find it fascinating because they were able to do all of these different styles so well that they didn't want to be boxed in to doing creep all the time. Right. But, and this was probably both easy to write and fun to play and would have kept them from being considered sort of a a depressing band, but they don't even have this. This song is almost completely written out of their history. They do not, as a band, they don't like to admit that this song exists. And part of me is a little sad about that because that's not what we as fans want from them. We want them to torture themselves (laughs) and spend years making albums when they could do some of these fun songs in between, but yeah. there was such a reaction against it. And it, it gets this idea of what we demand from our favorite bands, how much we want them to suffer for us, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, Pop is Dead is the ultimate example of that to me. It just seems like such an ordeal to make a Radiohead album that it it's almost like brings them down, almost. <laughs> And it's my favorite thing. I love it. Yeah, I do too. All I want is Radiohead to like spend years laboring over their material. But some bands aren't like that. Some bands, the first take's the best take. And that's not Radiohead. I mean, I'm sure there are examples of it happening one time to them. But instead, they're the band that the harder they work and the more they do, the better it sounds. No, that's definitely, I like this, but... I mean, I, I think I think you're correct, and I don't want them to change. I mean, I want them to keep coming out with new music, but I don't want them to change it. Because, but for example, like Smashing Pumpkins, as of this recording, have a new album out. Pearl Jam is putting out new music. Bush mm-hmm. is putting out new music. Um, the Deftones have a new album coming out. I don't know how much you care about the Deftones. Mm, not really. Yeah. White Pony <laughs> is an amazing album. <laughs> like, listen to any of the, any of the new songs from these bands I just mentioned, except maybe the Deftones. Uh, there's something stale about it. Mm-hmm. And radio is never stale. No, they're never stale. Right? I mean, those other bands, they maybe were a bit more prolific in their output. Um, Corgan is especially more prolific with his output. And it's just, it's kind of stale and moldy at this point. And that's even me trying to discount Corgan's um, recent political... Yikes. Expressions. But radio, it doesn't sound stale. I mean, like, Moonshape Pool is, even though it's not my favorite album, and I think I'll like it better when I look at it again, but it wasn't stale. It wasn't, like, tired or used or... You might not like it, but but you can respect what they did there. Right. And that's with every album. Except you have Pop is Dead just thrown in here. And I find it... That's why I find this so interesting. Yeah. But I, I, you do have to think about it. They haven't done My Iron Lung yet or The Benz or any of these things. So you have, is Pop is Dead that much different than anyone can play guitar? They're both goofy. I'm sure there are fans of their first album that were disappointed in the direction of Radiohead, which is weird to think. I mean, there's just people, I, I know personally people that just never paid attention to them after Creep. That have right. no idea what they've done. Well, we did it, Austin. Yeah, we, we made it through Pablo. We got through all of Pablo Honey. I never have to play most of these songs again. Yeah, I'll play can't. I can't again, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. And Do you feel like out. you like the album less or more now? 
I think I have to say I like it less. Okay. I think uh, nostalgia was sort of letting me like it more than I thought I did. Okay. I mean, like I said, with songs like Vegetable or How Do You or something, I just like them less than when I started. Yeah. Interesting. You? Uh, I... I didn't go in thinking that highly of Pablo Honey, but I was interested to learn how to play. But about halfway through, I got that panic of like, I, I want to get out of here <laughs> and move on. <laughs> uh, and so I'm glad we're done. I feel much better. Like, cause we can start playing. We're going to go to the, the My Iron Lung, right? We're, the next thing is the My Iron Lung EP. I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> okay. I haven't I either. Just- I just looked at the track list and I was like, oh, I know these songs. I know them. I remember them. <laughs> I know, but is it going to, are we going to ruin these songs? Is this going to make? I, I mean, I think this is the real test of the whole project. If this increases or diminishes our appreciation of Radiohead. If this ruins the bends for me, I'm just going to burn my guitar in the street, I think. Because <laughs> nothing is worth, nothing means anything anymore. But there's no, no way that can happen. I have I so don't, many I things. I really don't think that, I mean, you know, let's. Let's not make too many predictions, but I really don't think that's going to happen. But Pablo, that's because Pablo Honey is so weird because, I mean, there's, there are people that can make a, a case for almost every single Radiohead album being their best, except for the first one. <laughs> yeah. There are people that love King of Limbs, which I do not like King of Limbs, um, but I'm interested to, to check it out again. But, there, but the Pablo Honey, it's just... It's like they caught the band right at this moment when they were getting really good, but mm-hmm. they hadn't had they didn't have enough songs yet. Maybe I don't know. For example, I think that you see where they're going with Blowout, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't have gotten signed if that was the song that they were shopping around. No, you know the, the everyone would be like, uh, "What what kind of band are you?" <laughs> <laughs> We're experimental. That's what all the yeah. label heads want to hear. Right. Is how experimental we're, we're, and uh, progressive. We're experimenting you are. with uh, Brazilian flavored um, lounge pop. <laughs> That's the next big hit, by the way. Is that so? Next episode, we're going to tackle. There's a lot of songs on the My Iron Lung EP, right? Yeah, like but I think I think we can knock out all seven. Yeah, and then um, we'll we'll then the next episode we'll get into the bends. Yeah, oh, the main God, album. I'm so excited. There's been some songs I've been wanting to play so bad on the uh-huh. guitar, just just to play them. I know. Um, so, okay. Well, let's uh, let's say goodbye. It's been fun to know you, Pablo Honey, but yeah. Uh, good riddance. No. Good riddance. <laughs> All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendallsperger and Austin Diaz. Thank you.